There is an admiration that I hold for my parents now as an adult. One of the many ways in which I admired their parenting is their ability to navigate not just one, but two curious children. I may have been a shy kid in public, but I never fail to ask my parents questions, whatever came to mind. And when I would have trouble going to sleep, they would sing me songs and read stories and rub my head. But when sleep still evaded my little body, they would weirdly say, maybe try counting sheep? I admire this for a lot of reasons. But their patience, at least in my memory, never failed. Especially because I would inevitably respond, but what kind of sheep are they? Before I could count the sheep to fall asleep, I needed to know what color they were. Was I supposed to imagine real sheep or cartoon sheep or stuffed sheep? Did they have bells on? Were they jumping over a fence? Were they walking by? And God bless my folks for their patience. I don't ever remember them answering, probably because I fell asleep asking questions. My curiosity was prominent as a kid, but so was my need to visualize. I wanted to know the texture of the sheep's wool and if their hooves were muddy. I needed to know what season it was and was there the sound of bugs lingering in the air around them. When I hear the story of the lost sheep from our gospel lesson, I find myself asking similar questions. I'm curious about how, how old the shepherd in Jesus' tale is. I wonder if his eyes are wearied like my parents after a long day of work. I wonder if when Jesus paints this picture, he imagines the sheep to be heavy with wool or recently sheared. I wonder if Jesus acted it out when he told the Pharisees the part about the shepherd hoisting the sheep on his shoulder just before he returned to celebrate with friends. My curiosity doesn't stop with the parable of the lost sheep either. Jesus sat at the table with tax collectors and sinners as the Pharisees protested around him. And I wonder if, as he told the story of the lost coin, did he pitch his voice a little bit as he talked about the woman? I wonder if he squealed with joy, the absolute joy that this woman felt about finding one coin. I wonder if the sinners at the table felt in on the joke and the silliness of Jesus' parables. I wonder if Christ laughed at the end, at the utter joy of once being lost and now being found. I wonder if he delighted as he told them about the joy of the angels in heaven. Like most folk who have spent most of their lives in church, I tend to think I know these stories of Jesus. But whenever I let my mind wander and get curious about the details, it seems to open up space for new layers of meaning and understanding. For so much of my life, these have been stories about God, and they are. But here we have stories where God is represented by two of the lowest, saddest people in Jesus' time, a field worker and a woman. 
These stories tell us that God will risk everything to go search for the lost and that God will search unceasingly for them as well. But these stories rolled around my mind and space began to open up around the details. And I began to see that what is more important about these stories than the nature of the wandering lost sheep or the accidentally discarded coin was the absolute and undeniable joy. There is joy when the shepherd finds that sheep and proudly carries it home. There is joy when this woman finds her coin and she invites all of her friends to celebrate. Can you imagine getting that invitation? There is an abundant sense of joy in heaven. Every time each one of us make the choice to turn back to God. I think that this joy is more than we can even imagine. And these are not just stories about being lost. And perhaps they're not even primarily about being lost. These are stories about being surprised by the joy of belonging. I have unfortunately always heard these stories about fear and concern and eventually relief from the fact that you won't suffer in hell. I've always heard these stories with a moral weight. Don't dare be one of the lost, be one of the 99. But I think this misses the point of the parables altogether. Because Jesus is literally sitting at the table with sinners as he tells these stories. He is not worried about the moral weight of why one might get lost. Because the truth is we can wander away from God following selfish desires or we can be dragged down by the weight of a society that discards us like a lost coin. But what's more important than all of that to God is the overwhelming and convicting reality of the joy of belonging. The criticism to which these parables are a response comes from the Jewish sect of the Pharisees. As a kid, I learned to remember something about the Pharisees in a goofy little song that went, Pharisees, that's not fair, you see? <laughs> the criticism to which Christ is responding is that it's not fair for the Messiah to sit with sinners. That it's not fair for God to share table fellowship and belonging and joy with those who fall outside the idea of acceptable company. Christ's parables are very often kind of a trap. They lure you in only to turn the metaphor on its head and to shake you loose from your presumptions. When I hear these stories about the lost sheep and the lost coin, I can see myself in the shepherd and in the woman. I can see myself in the friends invited to come celebrate. 
I can very often see myself in the wandering sheep in the discarded coin. But I also have to admit that I can also see myself in the critical Pharisees as well. It's tempting to set boundaries around God's grace, to try to block off a section of humanity that might come to Christ's table. But what we hear today in these parables is that the joy of belonging belongs to everyone who is willing to come to the table. It is not our job to arbitrate who gets to sit where. Our only job is to fall into this joyful rush around all of heaven, anytime, anyone, any of us, get to experience the unbridled joy of belonging in God's grace. Now, I don't know where you fall today. Maybe you see yourself in our gospel text as a sinner sitting at the table, passing Christ the bread. Or maybe you see yourself in the weary shepherd or the frenzied woman looking for the belonging that you have misplaced. Maybe you are wandering, separated from your flock, aimless and directionless and worried about what's coming next. Maybe you are struggling to live into a broader Christianity than which you might typically be comfortable. I don't know where you fall today. And maybe that joy in heaven is easy to hear and to believe and to act on as you leave this space. But I know that for a lot of us, there are constant messages all everywhere around us that tell us that joy is just out of reach and belonging is not really for us. And it doesn't matter whether we're sinners or sheep or Pharisees. The thing is, though, is that the kingdom of God is not fair, you see. A deep and unfailing sense of joy, the joy of belonging, will push against every message of scarcity and exclusion in, our church, in the world today. Every one, every single one that we take in from society and the world and advertising companies this joy of belonging will push against it. And this is what I know to be true on this day from these parables. That no matter what, there is no greater gift on earth or in heaven than the joy of belonging. Amen.